When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show. Julian DeSoup sitting in for Sam, but he's on dad duties. He's doing breakfast. He's a busy, busy man. Uh, Sam, uh, big last hour coming up as well. We're going to chat to Daniel Garb very shortly about the return of the A-League this weekend. Uh, Sam Kerr scored a hat-trick overnight for Chelsea uh, in the Champions League. She keeps continuing to do what she does, and that's score goals at will. And also Simon Orchard will join us and Miles Fitzner uh, to round off a big show before we speak to Dwayne Russell. Uh, Thanksgiving in the States, a big NFL game uh, on today between Dallas and Washington. We'll give you the updated score there in a sec. So if you don't want to listen, just cover your ears for a sec. Uh, Catch every NFL game this season with Game Pass only on DAZN. That's D-A-Z-O-N-E. Visit NFLDAZN.com. Dot au slash NFL uh, for all your NFL this season. Uh, so a lot of eyeballs on this game. It was about 42 million on this game a couple of years ago involving Dallas. This time it's the Cowboys and the Commanders as we start the fourth quarter. It's Dallas 20, the Washington Commanders 10 uh, in Thursday night football. Big weekend of the world game this weekend, as we say. It was international break, a couple of good wins for the Socceroos in early World Cup qualifying. Uh, Daniel Garb, he was doing some hosting on SENWA over the summer, which is sensational. Just uh, a man of many talents, Daniel Garb, and he joins us this morning. G'day, Garby. Hello, Jules. SEN Sydney, they're not quite flying me to, uh, to Perth for the honour, so uh, we'll keep it local. But yeah, some SEN Sydney presenting over the summer, which should be enjoyable. It will go all around the country. Don't worry about that. Uh, great to have the A-League back. It's been a great start to the A-League season. Uh, some... Mm-hmm. Juicy fixtures this weekend, but none more than the Sydney Derby, the top of the table Wanderers. I know it's only one game, but uh, under their new manager, Sydney FC look rejuvenated. Yeah, what a turnaround it was for them after Steve Corica departed. They go over to Adelaide and knock off the Reds 5-1 in Hook Tullai's first game in charge. So it set things up beautifully for the Derby on Saturday night. The Wanderers were always expected to be a side that would contend for the title this season. Uh, So their fans are certainly up and about. And... uh, I would imagine that it would be tricky for uh, for Sydney FC to go there and, and or to host them and try and get something from it. So yeah, it should have a wonderful atmosphere. Both sets of fans will be in uh, in full voice, and uh, we'll see if Sydney FC can keep things going, or if that was the old just the old managerial bounce back from uh, Ufukola on his side in that first outing uh, as manager. Yeah, it was a great great response. I don't think anyone saw that happening over in Adelaide, given the start to the season that uh, Adelaide had made. Uh, Victory's made a solid start. They play MacArthur this mm. weekend. Uh, Melbourne City take on the Phoenix. It's been a, it's been such an interesting start, hasn't it, Garby? You know, City, poor start, new manager, Sydney the same, Central Coast yet to get off the mark. Just on the, the Mariners, and we know they had a lot of change, Nick Montgomery going, some significant players going out of that club as well, but... How long will they give Mark Jackson if results continue to go the wrong way? Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's, it's a bit sad, to be honest, and it happens in the A-League far too often. Maybe not as much with the big clubs. Like if you're, if you're a big club and you have a, a title-winning campaign, it's a bit easier to keep hold of, 
of your talent. But when we have a story out of the box like Central Coast last season, then they go and lose four or five players and lose their manager. It's just so much harder for them to replace them. And it's just, yeah, it's a shame when you watch the hype around the club last season and all that energy, and then it's dissipated so early in this campaign because they lose so many and they just had a horrific start. So, yeah, I don't know how long. Um, you know, the word we're hearing is that they all still like him and there's no real issue there. There's a lot of people who are supportive of him as as coach, but they need to get some results on the board very quickly, of course, because uh, it has been a very ordinary start after what they were able to manufacture last season. Uh, the victory gained against MacArthur tonight is tricky. Mm. MacArthur have been one of the surprise packets of the opening four weeks or so. And Emile Sterjowski, there are club that cops a lot of criticism, a lot of mocking uh, for some of it fair, but on the field this season, they're just going about their business quietly and consistently. And I think Tony Popovich and his side will know, despite it not being an imposing place to go in terms of the, uh, the home crowd or anything like that, they've got a challenge on their hands. So that'll be a really interesting test for them coming off the break. Yeah, one of four undefeated sides, uh, MacArthur, along with Wellington Phoenix, Victory and Western. It's been a big week for uh, Australian football. Uh, the licence in Auckland, we know Bill Foley's got plenty of cash, Las Vegas mm. NHL team, Bournemouth in the English Premier League. It, it didn't work uh, in Auckland last time. Are you confident this licence uh, will be a success? I think it's a smart move. I mean, Wellington have got their act together, but as we've seen throughout history in the A-League, derbies have been massive accelerators for the competition. And we saw it in Sydney, obviously. It was the same in Melbourne. You know, Melbourne City might not have the biggest supporter base, but the derbies are still special encounters. And I think New Zealand football needs that. You know, there's, they've got a lot more to offer us than what they are at the moment. And Auckland is providing that. Of course, you need the right people behind it and you need the right setup. And in Bill Foley, they've got that. I mean, he owns... Uh, the Golden Knights in the NHL, they just won the title. Uh, he's obviously got massive football connections, mainly with Bournemouth in the Premier League. He's bullish. He's a billionaire. Those things help enormously. So, yeah, if they can get a massive city in Auckland uh, behind the team and they've got that derby going against Wellington, then it should add a lot more to the competition. But uh, as we've seen in the past, these new franchises don't always work out. But they've got to be bold, the owners. This was always their plan, so they've got to follow through with it to expand. And, and this one does seem like a good fit. National second tier, the eight clubs, uh, initial eight clubs announced this week. I think seven of those had previously been in the NSL. All come out of Victoria and New South Wales so far. We know there's going to be some more licences granted. Surely they're not... Is there a chance any more come out of Victoria and New South Wales? Or surely if it's going to be national... We've got to get some teams in from other states. Yeah, you'd like to think so. I mean, there's been an issue with football Queensland, and, and that's obviously been a little setback for uh, the national second division out of South Australia and then you know, Western Australia as well. I mean, I think the, the flight costs and the, and the travel costs were prohibitive in the first season for teams from those states, but hopefully that can settle after a season or so. Look, it's, a, it's an important step. It's a landmark moment, really, for the game. It's got a long way to go before it's at a point where we all want it to be, the end game of promotion relegation. But I think we certainly needed another league in the meantime between the NPL and the A-League um, to hopefully close that gap to get to promotion relegation eventually. It might be a decade away mm. before it's financially viable enough for teams to drop down from the A-League and still survive. But 
it's important that we have this this bridging gap and also to lift the prestige and the opportunities, Jules, for so many important clubs in Australian football. You talk of South Melbourne, Sydney United, Melbourne Knights, Marconi, so many others who actually helped lay the platform for the game as we know it in this country so many years ago. They deserve the opportunity to build their clubs once more. A lot of them have done it really tough in recent times. You know, the NPL is a really good competition, but they, they need a bigger platform. And the National Second Division will hopefully do that because they're being bundled in with the Socceroos and the Matildas in the next broadcast rights deal. So they can get more money coming in. They can rebuild their clubs a little bit before they get to the point of uh, potentially being an A-League club again. Speaking of Daniel Garber about all things football, get on to the Premier League in a sec. But just on that, you talked about some of the real famous clubs uh, from the NSL. How many... Fans, do you think the game lost when we understand why the A-League was set up and why the, they're all new clubs? But how many oh, – it's hard to answer, but did, we, did the game lose a lot of fans when, when those clubs were not part of, of the A-League? I don't know about losing a lot of fans. I mean, we've all remembered moments where the A-League has been backed hugely. Um, there have been lots of picks and troughs over the last 17 or 18 years since the A-League – came into existence and there have been moments we all remember the early days of the Melbourne victory let's not forget those crowds and how big they were at uh, at Dockland Stadium and, and so on so they've, they've been backed better in the past um, but, but there's no doubt there are clubs like South Melbourne and others who don't feel connected Sydney United's another one who feel as if they were uh, disrespected when the A-League came in and their contribution to the game um, wasn't given a chance to thrive. And, and this hopefully helps bridge that gap and, and rebuilds the pyramid, as you like, in Australian football, because there are so many fans and we see it when the Socceroos and the Matildas mm. come out, don't we, on big stages. All of a sudden, you've got just massive gatherings all around the country and people go, well, why aren't these people at, at A-League games? Because it's fragmented over so many different parts, grassroots, NPL, the A-League, uh, fans who only follow the Premier League and overseas leagues and so on. It comes together with the national team. So the people are there. Hopefully this move helps bring them closer to the A-League and domestic football on the whole in, the, in this nation can grow. Yeah, promotion and relegation, however long that takes, will be sensational for the game. Premier League back this weekend. Garby, your Reds, top of the table clash against mm. Manchester City. I guess going into the season, most probably thought Arsenal were the biggest challenges to Manchester City. A Liverpool on that level with Arsenal, do you think, as genuine title contenders this year? Undoubtedly. I think there was a bit of uncertainty about Liverpool because they had a poor season last time out, missed out in the Champions League, and it was natural to have a question mark over just where they were at. But a lot of people felt the talent was there. It was just whether they were mentally switched on, whether there was enough desire and fight because Jurgen Klopp's been there a long time and some of the key players have been there a while. But they turned their squad over a fair bit in the off-season and signed very well and they've rejuvenated certainly their midfield in their final third and, and the signs are very good early in the season. So this is a massive game. I think yeah, the overwhelming feeling is that it's Liverpool and Arsenal neck and neck really behind Man City as title contenders at the moment. I think from a Liverpool point of view, going to a place like the Etihad and taking on City away after the international break is a good time to do so. There's an injury concern over Erling Haaland. Mm. City are in good form. We know that they'll probably win 15 games in a row or whatever in the final <laughs> third of the season because that's what they always do. They time their run to the end. 
uh, and they, they'll, they'll be very strong again, of course. And if you're going to win the title, you'll have to beat them. But this is a, probably a good time for the Reds to get them off that break. Bit of an injury concern around Holland and, and Liverpool feeling pretty good about themselves. So it yeah. should be a cracker tomorrow night. Yeah, it's the early game, which is great. Big game on Sunday night as well uh, for Ange and Tottenham. Uh, they host mm. Aston Villa, uh, fourth place Spurs versus Villa. have made a great start to the season uh, under Unai Emery. The big story in the Premier League since we actually had a ball kicked in anger has been... 10-point uh, deduction to Everton. We've got uh, this story with Tottenham this week over the transfer from Jermaine Defoe to Portsmouth way back in 2008. We know uh, Mel- uh, Manchester City is still being looked at, 115 charges. Uh, Chelsea's being looked at for some of their transfers under Roman Abramovich. What's happened at the FA? Have, have they been asleep at the wheel for a decade because all these things are resurfacing and, and it doesn't look like in particular the one with uh, Tottenham and Jermaine Defoe was ever investigated properly. It doesn't feel too scientific, does it? I mean, there's nothing about it that feels as if they're on top of things right now. It feels very ad hoc. You know, they've, they've come up with something with Everton and they've gone and they've punished them severely, but there are all these charges surrounding Manchester City and have been over the years and yet nothing's been done. Are they scared of Manchester City? Mm. So they get to a stage where they see these charges and they go, well, hang on, if we bring this on Manchester City with the United Arab Emirates backing the entire club, we're going to sit in a court for years and get nowhere. But we have to be seeing to be doing something. So let's go at Everton. They've breached it. You know, it, it just doesn't add up, you know, pardon the pun, when you talk about these finances. None of it does. And Everton have good reason to be outraged by this and to feel as if it's a disgrace and as if a smaller club is being targeted. And that's very much the sentiment over there in the UK. And this will be wrapped up in a massive legal battle as well. Don't worry about that. Now there's this talk of Tottenham being deducted points because they signed Jermaine Defoe without an unlicensed agent. But as you say, that happened so long ago. Why is it coming out now? And in the meantime, all these charges, over 115 or whatever they are, are hanging over Manchester City's head and nothing's been done about it. And Chelsea spends over a billion pounds and aren't in the Champions League. Where's the money coming in to balance up there? Mm. Financial fair play. It's just a mess. And they've made it even murkier, I think. Um, in English football with uh, this penalty slapped on Everton. Just quickly, is there any chance that there'll be punishments for Chelsea and Manchester City, whether it's points deductions, is more financial penalties, there's even been talk of relegation, you can't see that happening. Is there any chance they will be punished at some stage? There's a chance, but there's not a lot of confidence mm. because this has been going on for some time. I mean, there has to be a chance. The charges are still there. We've seen what's happened to Everton right now, but... Uh, yeah, there's no confidence that they'll actually have the goal to uh, to slap Manchester City with a serious penalty or Chelsea as well. One that is uh, you know, one that will certainly hurt them. Garby, as always, uh, thanks for your time. Uh, great weekend of football coming up uh, in uh, the A-League and also the Premier League. And uh, it's great to have it back after an international break. Uh, thanks for your time. Thanks, Jules. All the best. Daniel Garb, their tough week for Manchester United to get Everton. Uh, they will be fired up at home. Uh, Melbourne's weather, showers developing top of 25 for City Power, supplying power to homes in the CBD and inner suburbs. After the break, the racing caravan heads over to Perth. Miles Fitzner will tip us into plenty of winners, I'm sure, on the other side of the break.